Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Service today. I'm so glad to have them as well as, as I am glad, so glad to see you in person today. 40% of the United States uses dating websites and apps. Yeah. For their, to find their forever love. There's a single guy in here. He's a friend of mine. And he said, you wouldn't believe how many people at Remnant Church are on dating websites. I said, well, how do you know? He said, because I'm on one too. If I wouldn't have met Holly already, I probably, I'm not, hey, look, I mean, I'm an average looking guy, right? I'd probably be on dating websites too, you know. There's a term out there, and you'll be familiar with this probably. This would be your worst nightmare, to be catfished. You ever heard that? You've been catfished. What does that mean? It means someone pretending to be somebody they're not. You know what I mean? Like this rich, good-looking person, uh, they're young, they're attractive, and they're loaded, and they like you. (laughs) Let me me help you out. Loaded, loaded, rich, good-looking people are usually not on dating websites. They're for average-looking people like us. Okay? There's a term out there used catfish. Let me break it down. Let me say it like this. And instead of talking to the beautiful business owner, Brittany from Atlanta, Georgia, you're actually talking to unemployed Bubba from Alma, Georgia. Okay? You got me? You've been catfished. All right? Uh, things aren't always what they appear to be. Okay? And that's the message I want to talk about this morning. I want to preach for a few minutes on this subject. You've been catfished. You've been catfished. I'm not talking about dating websites today. But I am talking about this. Things don't, aren't always, excuse me, what they appear to be. Paul instructs us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. We walk by faith and not sight. What you can see will fool you. What you can hear will fool you. Let me tell you something. People are so, I've never seen it on the level like I'm seeing it now, fear running rampant in in the lives of people. Because they're so caught up in the latest headline on the news on the latest conspiracy theory on social media, and they are full of fear. See, there's something about this thing, about walking by faith and not walking by sight, because, listen to me, we can very easily be spiritually deceived by what we can naturally see. Did you hear what I said? I know you want to write that down. We can easily be deceived by what we naturally can see. What we hear, what we see, the news. 
hear me, I want to do you a free, this is free, this doesn't cost you anything. I'm going to help you overcome some anxiety and worry. Are you ready? This ain't going to cost you nothing, I promise. I'm not going to send you a bill. I'm not, nothing. Are you ready? Say, I want it, Pastor. Tell me, I want it. Let me in on the secret. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn off the social media. Turn off the news. Turn off the pundits. Turn off all this that's going. Turn it off. See, I, we, we're wondering why we're so full of anxiety and so full of worry, and it's because we're taking in all this stuff, and we wonder why we're worried, and now why we're waking up in sweats, and we're scared of this, and we're scared of that. Friend, hear me. It's time to get into the Word of God. You want to build your faith? You want to walk in faith? You want to have victory? You want to trust God? Find now what God's saying in this moment and in this hour. You say, I ain't never heard God speak. God's never said nothing to me. Let me tell you something. He wrote a love letter right here called the Bible and he's speaking to you today. Right? We walk by faith and not sight. See, I don't want you to be catfish. I don't want you to get fooled by what you see. I don't want you to walk in defeat when God's giving you victory. I don't care what the headlines say. I don't, I don't care what they tell us we ought to be scared to death over. I don't care that everything is changing. It's a lie. God doesn't change. And my life is not in the hands of this world. My life is in, is in the hands of the one who created this world. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 4. And the first, first thing I want you to look at is, is, is verse 12 and 13. And I, I want you to listen. I don't want you to be catfished. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Okay? When fiery ordeals come among you. Anybody know what I'm talking about when, or the writer talks about when he says a fiery ordeal? You ever felt like you faced some fiery ordeals? Some things in your life that burned a little bit? He said, don't be surprised. When this fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening. Do you stop right there? Friend, you're going to have trials. Peter calls them fiery ordeals. And it's not because you didn't pray enough. It's not because you didn't fast enough. It's not because you didn't seek God hard enough. It's part of God's plan. He, God allows things to happen in our lives. Why? These fiery ordeals come among you to test you. I heard a preacher say this. There is no testimony without first a test. Look at the next verse. Instead, don't think it unusual. Don't think it, don't be surprised. Instead, watch this, rejoice. When a fiery ordeal comes to you. 
See, I, I know this, that there's some people right now in a fiery ordeal right now. Right? Who am I talking to this morning? You're in a fiery ordeal right now, or if you ain't in one, you just come out of one. Can, can I get a witness? And if you, if you didn't just come out of one and you ain't in one, get ready. You're about to get in one. And here's what you do. Instead of thinking, my God, why this happened to me, instead of thinking this is, I'm the only person this has ever happened to, rejoice. As you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you, I love this, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. Here's the thing about this. Why do I rejoice? Because I know I'm coming out of this thing. And I may not can see it with my natural eye, but Jesus is going to be revealed. See, when I, I, after I get through it and I'm going through it, I'm not stopping. He's not leaving me here. I'm coming out of it. And when I come out of it, I'll see Jesus more clear. People around me will say, I don't know how they got through it. And you can open your mouth and say, I'll tell you how I got through it. I come through it by Jesus. I come through it this far with my right mind and sanity. In my heart, because of Jesus, your trial reveals Jesus to you. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't know Jesus to be Jesus like I know Jesus to be Jesus if I hadn't been through some fiery ordeals. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Instead, rejoice. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Sounds very similar. I want you to rejoice in this, he says. Even though now for a short time, if necessary, you should have shouted right there because it's a short time. Amen. What you're going through ain't going to last forever. Even though now for a short time, if necessary, oh, if God deems it necessary, you suffer grief in Various trials. Next verse. So that the proven character of your faith, listen to this, more valuable than gold, which is perishable, is refined by fire. Fiery ordeals, trouble, trials. What is it doing? It's refining you. And what's it going to result in? Watch this. In praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus. What you're going through, you're going to go through. And when you go through it, at the end of the going through of what you're going through, you're going to see Jesus. Listen, it's for what you're going through is always for your good and for his glory. You hear me, church? There are some things going on in our lives, you know what, that we think may lead to our destruction, our detriment. And we think it's from the devil. In reality, it's for our development. And it's from God. Do you hear me? It's not leading to your destruction and from the devil. It's actually developing you. And it's from God. Trials are designed to do three things. You ready? Prove your faith. You, what you got is real. I'm telling you, to prove your faith. 
that you can, you got something real. That faith in Jesus is not a mystery, is not a is not some mythical thing, it's not some fairy tale, it's not for weak-minded people. No, friend, this is the only thing that makes sense. Trials come to prove your faith. Trials come to develop your faith. Write this down now. And number three, trials come to glorify your Savior. Every time I've come through it, with Jesus pushing me, I used to say, I'm holding on to Jesus. Boy, I made it because I held on to Jesus. No, I made it because Jesus was holding on to me. You see what I'm saying? It ain't about you. No, it ain't about how hard you held on to him. And listen, in my best efforts, I've tried to hold on to Jesus. I've tried to hold on to him, and, and, and sometimes I feel like I'm holding on, and he's dragging me across. Do you know what I'm talking about? But it ain't sometimes in my greatest effort of holding on to Jesus, I've had him slip through my hands. I've chose doubt instead of faith. I've choose to listen to fear instead of faith. I've been terrified instead of trusting Jesus. But all through the way, God was holding on to me. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? Somebody thank God that he brought me out, that he held on to me when I was letting go. Glory to God. I feel that. I feel that. He's holding on to me. Where's Jesus right now? He's right next to me, holding on to me. Well, designed trials are designed to prove our faith, develop our faith, and glorify our Savior. I want you to listen for a moment. I want to take you to a very familiar story in the Bible. It's, in the Gospels, it's probably the miracle. I'm talking about when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And I've read this story oh, so many times. And I don't even want to read it all the way through because you're going to check out on me. You'll say, well, I've already heard this. So I want to look at a few verses. John chapter 11. The first verse I want to look at is verse 4. It says, when Jesus heard it, what did he hear? He heard that Lazarus had been sick. Now, Lazarus, the Bible says, the one you love. It was a friend of Jesus. When Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, Jesus said, this sickness, here it is, will not end in death. Now, I don't know, none of has a Bible anymore with pages, but if you can underline this, I would underline this right here. Will not end in death. I love that. I have read that. Friends, I have read that over and over. I've read this story. I know the story of Lazarus. I learned it when I was a child. I know it. But I, this week... This stuck out to me. It will not end in death. And I underlined it. And I got a new Bible. So uh, this, my wife bought it for me for Father's Day. So it doesn't have any markings in it. 
So I'm marking it all up. And I wrote, I underlined it and marked, I drew a line. And then I wrote up under this, I wrote, a, I wrote this, it's not going to end that way. Say, because I don't know why, I, it shouldn't make you shout. Let me explain it. Whatever you're in, whatever you're in right now, like the fiery ordeal, like the fiery trial, whatever you find yourself in, it's not going to end in that way. Do you hear what I'm saying? You find yourself in this situation, but it's not going to end that way. You might find yourself in a divorce, but it's not going to end that way. You might find yourself in a depression, but it's not going to end that way. You might find yourself in a trial, but it's going to end in triumph. Well, glory, I don't know what I've got to do to get you to shout this morning and praise God. I'm telling you, it's not going to end that way. Well, are y'all awake this morning? I know you are. I don't, have you ever been in something and thought, I don't know how I'm going to make it? I don't know how I'm going to get through it? I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what to do. I, this thing, boy, this got in me. I mean, it got in me this week. It got in me. It's not just, Dustin, it's not going to end this way. I mean, the way it looks. You say, yeah, pastor. But you know, things happen. And, you know, everybody don't get, let me tell you something. The worst thing you could do to me is what? Well, what would be the worst? What are, what are people so scared of right now? Dying. I'm scared to die. Really. Death is a promotion. If... The worst thing could happen to me is death. I would take my last breath here and my next breath in heaven. So whatever way it ends, I'm always going to win. Do you see? It always results in victory for me. Oh, but I'd love to leave my family and all this. You won't, you won't get it. You won't even... Nah, I ain't even going to just forget it. Heaven is heaven. And as much as I love my wife, and I love her more than y'all love her, and there ain't nobody love my wife like I love my wife other than Jesus. I love my kids. I love all, like I got, all of them, like I got 15 of them, two of them. I love both of them, and I don't want no more. She don't either. You hear what I'm saying? And I don't really want it. I mean, whatever you want, but no, but you know what I want, and let's, let's want the same thing. And I love them. And you say, I don't understand how heaven could be heaven without my family, without the person I found on the dating website. I just don't understand how it would work out. I would be so heartbroken. No, heaven's heaven, friend. You won't know that. You, you won't understand. You won't, I can't get into it, but you just won't. It's heaven. 
He said it's not going to end in death, but it's for the glory of God. Here it, again, here it is again. That the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus said, I'm, this is not going to end in death. It's going to end in life. It's going to end in victory. And I'm going to be glorified through it. Now, I want to say this to you. Sometimes God doesn't de deliver you right away because he wants to develop you. I think you have that slide. You put that up, Bill. Sometimes God doesn't deliver you right away because he wants to develop you. I, I want that to sit in now. Sometimes God doesn't deliver you because he wants to develop you. He's not so, let me say it like this. He's not so interested in taking you out of the situation as he is taking you out of you. Taking self out of you. Taking you out of you. Taking the attitude out of you. The fleshliness and desires of the flesh out of you. God doesn't always deliver you because he wants to develop you. Uh, let me show you. So verse 21. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. What? Jesus said it wasn't going to end in death. Well, Jesus waits around and Lazarus dies. And Martha says, Jesus, if you were to come now, when we, he was only sick when we, we sent the message to you. If you would have came, he wouldn't be dead. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Let me just say this. I, I hear people say, and there's a song, and all, that Jesus is never late, and I get it. But my Jesus is always late. He never shows up when I think he should. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I, on my time schedule. I hear people saying, boy, he showed up in the nick of time. I'm thinking, not my Jesus don't show. He's always showing up after I thought he should have showed up. Can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's because he's not interested in delivering me as much as he is interested in developing me. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would have died, would have not died. And then verse 22, oh, I go to 23. He said, your brother will rise again. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection in the last day. See, this is the part of development. She said, oh, I know he'll, I know he'll rise again. And Jesus said, no, Martha, you don't get it. I am the resurrection. Now, if he would have come before he died, he would have said, I am the healer. Well, she already knew he was the healer. There I go again, by default. There he, he knew I was the healer. Why? Why? Because he had already healed the sick. I can go through, through people in the Bible. He healed the blind man. He healed the lame man. He healed the deaf man. He healed the paralyzed man. He healed people. They knew him as the healer. They even knew him. They even knew that he could raise the dead. 
I'm thinking of Luke chapter 7, verse 11, the, widow, uh, the widow's son of Nain. The widow of Nain, his, her son had died. Jesus walked up in the funeral procession, seeing what was going on, touched his hand, touched his hand on the uh, stretcher that was carrying the dead body, and the boy r rose up. But he had not been dead four days, you see. <laughs> he had not been placed inside a tomb and the tombstone rolled in front of the tomb. See, Martha knew him this much. She knew him to be the healer, but she didn't know that he was the one who could call a man out who had been dead four days. And the King James Version says, and stinketh by now. She didn't, she didn't know. But Jesus said, I got to let you go through it. I got to let you go through the heartbreak. I've got to let you go through the pain. I've let you got to go. I've got to let you go through the discomfort. I've got to let you go through the loss so that I can show you that no matter how long it's been, how far out of reach it seems, how dead the season in your life makes, I can bring you out. I can reach down and do the impossible in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? I don't know what you're going through, but I know I serve a God that can bring you up and bring you out. See, Martha that day would come to the understanding not only that one day her, her brother would arise, but that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. Sometimes God doesn't deliver you right away because he wants to develop you. He let Lazarus die. He let Peter sink. He let Daniel walk into the lion's den. He allowed the three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego to walk into the furnace. He allowed Paul and Silas to be arrested and beaten. He let Peter be arrested and sentenced to death. He let Job suffer. He allowed the Israelites to know what bondage felt like in Egypt. He let Samson lose his strength. He allowed John to be exiled. He allowed Jonah to be swallowed up in a well. He let Paul be shipped and bit by a snake and he allowed Jesus to be whipped and hung on a cross. But God, I want to remind you Psalms 34 verse 19 says this, many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord rescues him from them all. You're going to go through some stuff Surely we don't believe that if we have enough faith, we're never going to have any problems. You don't believe that, do you? No. Surely we're past that. And surely we don't think that every bad thing that happens to us is from the devil. I, I, I just read you that from the new covenant, from Peter, that he allows fiery ordeals to come in our lives, that he allows trials to come in our lives. 
the, the, the devil? No, 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 God. God does. To develop us. To strengthen us. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, what's wrong with you? I just read it to you. You know what? COVID-19, for the overwhelming majority of us, has been an inconvenience. Hear me. Don't roll your eyes at me. I can't stand that. Hear what I say. Now, I've got Sister Lynn right here. It wasn't an inconvenience to her because it almost killed her. She was on the ventilator for, I don't know, 12 or a long time, double-digit days, and God touched her. It, it was more than an inconvenience to her, but do the math. For most of us, it's going to be an inconvenience. And I have heard preachers, and they love God, and I get it, wanting to, to rebuke and to cast out and to cast away and all that stuff. Let me show you something, how big God is. I heard, I heard, I heard this last week. There's the biggest sex trafficking, the capital of sex trafficking is in India. Many people go missing from America, children and women. And they wind up in India where they're pimped out. Children, little girls, little boys, women, teenagers. Churches all across the world, especially in America, have raised millions of dollars to try to fight this sex trafficking, to create ministries and to help educate women and children, and to rescue a few at, the be at best. And thank God for that. I heard a preacher talking about this last week, and he said, because his church raises over hundreds of thousands of dollars every year for the last 10 years to try to combat this sex trafficking. His sister-in-law ran into his office who heads it up and says, I want to read something to you. She said, she named the city in India where this was going on. She said, because of COVID-19, now hear me, because of COVID-19, the pimps have, are so scared that they're going to catch COVID-19, that they are releasing the women and the children. Yeah. 
What am I saying? I'm saying this. Let me try to be reserved. That was the flesh just jumped over me just then. God is more concerned with more, is more concerned with just you and your home and America and Jamestown, which is where I live, and Dixie Union and your street and your address. We serve a God who said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. This ain't about just you and your home and your family and your minor conveniences. What am I saying? I'm saying this. We have been catfished to believe that anything that seems negative to us is from the devil. But God turns all the time, turns around what seems to be evil and uses it for his good. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. What churches have been trying to do for years and years and years, God done it with a virus. And you say, God ain't working like that. God don't work like that. Are you so foolish to believe that? God is doing things in this season around the world that you knew nothing about. Don't you think for a minute that the devil is in control. Don't you think for a minute that the devil's running this show. Don't you think for a minute that God has somehow backed off of his throne or he has resigned or he has been fired. I'm telling you, God is in this and it will not end that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? That God is working in India, in Bulgaria, in Honduras, in, yes, Senorita, Colombia. And Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands and everywhere else, God is moving. Not only there, but right here in my home. I just got to open my eyes. I can't see it. I can't see it and say, well, evil's all around me. I've got to see past my natural eyes. I can't be catfished and hoodwinked by Satan. Do you hear me? I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus. Oh, I'm about to do something. Well, you know, friend, I'd tell you, if I'd be lying, if I told you, I'd look across this building and most would say, well, that's a pretty good crowd. I'd tell you, I'd, if I, I'd be lying if I hadn't been at times discouraged by the over half drop off of attendance in our church, and not just our church, but almost every church right now 
in, this, in, in the world, really. I, and I, it was hard for me to see God in this. Oh, but I see God. I push back the fog, Sister Rose. I get myself out of the way. And I just wake up and say, God, I trust you. I don't understand it, but I trust you. And until I can see it like you see it, hold on to me. And I'll do my best to hold on to you. Because God, like the song says, even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're working. Never stop. You never stop working. He never stops. He never st stops working. Come on, musicians, singers. Even when I don't see, they're gonna make me sing it. You're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're working. He never stops. He never stops working. Can I get a witness? He never stops. He never stops working. Travis, quick, brother. Put me in a key. Even when I don't see you, you're working, Stan. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Come on. You never stop. Hey, come on. Even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Cause even See you, you're working. Even when I don't feel you, 
listen to me right now. I believe this with everything that's in me, that God is working. And our ladder shall be greater than our former. I don't know if God, God can, I feel like maybe the best days are behind. No, I believe God is about to do something in our churches, in our lives, for our good and for His glory. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.